The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the third age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose up in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. This is the Queens of Fantasy podcast, a podcast dedicated to deeply analyzing, discussing, and reading fantasy series alongside other readers. Each season of this podcast is dedicated to a specific fantasy series and or author. In this season, we are discussing The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. The queens in this podcast include myself, Alex, Marissa, and Taylor, or Tay. We are your guides and companions for your adventure through various fantasy worlds. And we have just finished The Eye of the World. How do both of you feel? Accomplished. Ooh. One of 14. <laughs> 15. Check. One off the list. Feels good. I'm ready to keep going. Yeah. yeah. We had a good time? Mm-hmm. On to the next. Enjoyed ourselves so far? Mm-hmm. All right. On to the next. On to yeah. the next. I'm ready. <laughs> you are not close to halfway. Oh, perfect. <laughs> no. Good. I don't want it to be over yet. Yes. Well, you've got a long ways until it's over. So (laughs) that wish will be fulfilled. (laughs) Perfect. All right. So I will give just a quick two sentence overview like I did last time. And then we can get into our kind of deep dive on the. That's what I'm here for. The the adventure. Yeah. So in this part, it was chapter 44 to the end of the book. So if you haven't read chapter 44 to the end of the book um you're in the wrong podcast <laughs> go listen to a or different one you're about to get spoiled <laughs> yeah so. or you're about to get very spoiled so i'll let you uh proceed leave. with caution <laughs> <laughs> all right so it is a race against the dark one to the eye of the world the crew travels through the ways and the blight to reach the eye and they strike a mighty blow against the dark one and the forsaken and then during this battle are Dragon Reborn is revealed, maybe? Is that true? I don't know. I guess you guys will have to tell me. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. So we start off uh, still in Camelin with everybody, you know, joined up again and ready to go. And we get Loyal. So this is the, the morning we've woken up. From Rand had a dream, and the boys all had a dream. Maureen heals his hand, and then Loyal leads the crew to the waygate hidden in a cellar. The key is an Advendus, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, Avendasora leaf? That is how you say it. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Proceeds to pronounce this. (laughs) The key is an Avendasora leaf, which we have heard before mentioned a couple times. Uh, So it's just a a leaf of a specific plant. And then they step through like this kind of creepy looking smoky glass into the ways. Okay, so I have a couple notes before we get there. I have that we have a... Shirium Sedai being mentioned. I just flagged that. I feel like that's going to come up later. Does she say what Shirium Sedai she is? She says, remember, good innkeeper, if you fear any trouble from this, write to Shirium Sedai of the Blue Aja in Tarvalon, and she will help. I fear my sisters and I 
have a great deal to put right already for those who have helped me. All right. Yeah. So um, Maureen is of the Blue Aja as well. So yeah, it's kind of their tie in there. Yeah. There's more to her, but I'll let you guys find that out for yourself. Um, I also really liked that Loyal was just like, I know the exact way. And Rand was like, how? And he was like, it's like breathing. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just really <laughs> liked that. I was like, you go, Loyal. <laughs> you're becoming invaluable already. <laughs> yeah. Rand was like, you're not coming with us. And then Loyal is the only reason they get to where they're going. Yes. Fuck it, Rand. Can't believe he said that to him still. I'm upset about it. Also, Loyal just like being like all chill and like vibes and then something happens and he's like, it's not supposed to be like, like upset. <laughs> Love it. Love it for him. In the, I don't know if it is described in this book at all. I think it is. But they describe his voice as like a deep, like bumblebee rumbling, and I just love the way that's described. And then in the audiobook, it's also a great voice too. I will, I will say, just like moving forward, also throughout the entirety of the section that we read, I used more blue. Well, maybe that's not true, but I used a lot more blue than I have in this section, like per other sections. Right. And blue is my world building, so there was just like a lot of I felt like background coming into play, and a lot of like information that may or may not come back up, but I think was. Like it made it a little bit weird to read because usually that doesn't. I feel like that doesn't come into play at the end of books a lot. So yeah. it was you were getting a lot of world building at the end, which is fine. But it was just something I noted. The ways and where they end up, like Faldara and Shinar, are like it is important. Yeah, it is to new know. areas too yeah. that we haven't been yet. So like you know everything else is like oh this is the world that you've already encountered, and then it was like everything's changing now. Yeah. There's plenty of places in the world, too, that we go to that we obviously haven't gotten to yet, where there's like a lot more building. It's also the end of the book, but it's the first book of 15. Yeah. So like we're still in the beginning. It definitely felt more like the first book of 15 rather than the end of a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say. That's good because it, it is the first book. Yeah. <laughs> The ways are supposed to be very creepy. However, okay, they kind of sound cozy. Like, I did not get cozy. Little light. I did, I did not get cozy <laughs> like, vibes. Hang out. I don't know. I uh, Alex, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like there definitely was a time when they were like quite nice. I think some of the ways that they described it. Yeah, that's what they say. Like it was like daytime in there or something. I think it said. Yeah, it's gotten darker since Sidar has been like corrupted. I was kind of disappointed by them. A little bit. You thought it was going to be worse? Yeah, I did. I <laughs> thought we were going to encounter a little bit more. But that's fine. You didn't fine. think the description of walking behind the gate like a little bit much? Like you would not see a thing from the other side. I would not advise it though. The books aren't very clear about what lies beyond the way gates. I think you could become lost there and never find your way out. It just felt like bad vibes all around. I mean, or your soul could get eaten yeah. by the wind. <laughs> by the yeah, wind. But it but didn't that's happen. So like... <laughs> no biggie didn't have to them <laughs> that's true you know what taylor i'm gonna be honest though uh but if it would have happened you would have been really upset <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might be right about that but yeah i'm i could take some pain it's okay <laughs> i can take some pain okay so loyal has to be the one like leading through here because he can read the ogier tongue which is what the guiding stones are written in good thing loyal was allowed to come yeah <laughs> If Loyal wasn't here, they would be screwed. Because I don't think Maureen, in all her wisdom, actually knows how to read Ogier. I feel like so. it would have been Land just being like, my intuition wants yeah. us to go this way. And they would have found their way out. Probably. But he uh, was also like, let me go back and check on some people real quick. And Maureen was like, you're going to die. <laughs> no, you will not do that. <laughs> actually, sorry, that was later. Never mind. That was the wrong part. 
<laughs> uh, Loyal says it will take two days to reach Faldara, so they do have to like sleep there one night. And which... Rand's having a great time with that news. Yeah, Rand loves that. <laughs> uh, they have to backtrack a little bit because of crumbling bridges, and then at one point they discover Trollocs have been using the ways, and they're like, they got caught in some sort of basically booby trap. <laughs> Give me Indiana Jones vibes. They're like frozen into the ground. So that wasn't pleasant to see, I'm sure. Well, Matt threw up. Yeah. Matt was not having a time either. (laughs) He didn't like that. But this is how we find out. This is how the Trollocs have been moving around in such big groups without us uh, noticing. So this was also where, so I flagged this thing and... Uh, it gave me a new piece of knowledge about life. Um, life? Oh. <laughs> life. oh, wow. Well, because he wrote that the horses might have been walking on a treadmill for the changes around them. And I was like, I feel like that was an inappropriate use of a word there, Jordan. Um, and then I found out that treadmills are actually like a super ancient thing. Oh. Well, look at that. I, so, that was I was fun, thinking but... that, that, yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, it just it struck me as really odd. Because of the image it conjured in my head, because I thought right. of a modern tre- treadmill, and I was like, Jordan, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I looked it up, and it was actually like, I didn't read a whole lot about it, but treadmills actually have been around for a really long time. So it's Give theoretical that. that a very a version of a treadmill exists in this world. Hmm. Look at that. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, there's another point where he mentioned something fairly, uh, I can't remember, it's earlier on in the book. Or maybe it's in a different book. I don't remember. But there's something specific kind of like that that I remember reading and being like, "Mm, that's a little little weird reference there. But anyways. Yeah. No, (laughs) maybe it was just as ancient as a treadmill. Who knows? Yeah. So just in case you're reading that and you were like, "Mm, the imagery did not land. It actually does. I guess. That makes me feel like, you know, when you're in a dream and like you can't run fast enough away from something like that's kind of the vibes that gives me oh yeah for sure this is why taylor saying it wasn't enough for her is like a little bit (laughs) and me calling it cozy (laughs) yeah cozy i'm just like what is wrong with you guys (laughs) listen it was fun to read about i won't get you wrong but like cozy not enough there was a wind coming after them (laughs) not to mention when lan mentions that something is following them and then Matt yeah, just like having... instantly shoots something off into the distance and landed immediately. Dipshit. Stop that. It gave me Gollum vibes for sure. Don't touch that. Yeah. Yeah. Stop that, Matt. <laughs> just shoots into the dark. Yeah. So that'll I did, help. I did have a point in which uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about the scene. Rand and Loyal are talking and ran says when this is over loyal you show me your steading and i'll show you eamon's field no ways though we'll walk or ride if it takes all summer and loyal having been in this group for like two minutes says you believe it will be over rand and i just want rand to just figure it out like this is your life has (laughs) changed forever yeah like rand's like we're just going on this little like stint of a journey and then i'm gonna go back and be a sheep herder like (laughs) like like he's gonna be able to do that and i just i need rand to get it through his head that this is like things are changing that cannot be unchanged just as you read that too it reminded me of like legolas and gimli yes deciding they were gonna go see each other's homelands basically so cute it's very cute like i hope they they get an opportunity to like do this in a way but like also loyal being like like this isn't really like saying it's over is not correct dude like like even loyal's picking up on the fact that like this is very serious and rand's like i don't know it's just a little little venture or whatever just, just going on a little trip <laughs> um we did have a scene that i enjoyed of some 
you know, childish teasing, a little bit of like <laughs> levity in our dark ways. That was cute. Um, they were like talking about Min and what she saw briefly. And then <laughs> Matt is like, I don't know how she saw that, saw anything. She was just looking at Rand. Egwin immediately. <laughs> It's like, oh, uh, what? Yeah, no one told me that. My excuse me. My favorite part about that, I just actually like it's I had a flag too, is that she's like, she calls out Moraine. She's like, you didn't tell me that, Moraine. And I'm like, what are you doing? Moraine's like, literally, why would I? Uh, and then Moraine's like, again, not the big point here. Yeah. <laughs> then we have. I did enjoy. Oh, go ahead, Taylor. Oh, well, then we have Perrin the pot stirrer being like, oh. <laughs> Min was just somebody who worked in Berlon, not like Aram, like <laughs> immediately calling Egwene out. <laughs> I kind of love that. <laughs> when, uh, when he's asked like, oh, who's who's Aram then? It's like, oh, one of the traveling people. He dances like a bird. Wasn't that what you said, Egwene? It was like flying with a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then Matt's like, maybe you should tell about the farmer's daughter, Elsie. <laughs> or Elsie. And then, and then Rand's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> it is like just like a, a reminder of how like these boys are pretty, they're all pretty young, but yeah. they're still just like little farm boys, you know, they, uh, they got thrown into this yeah. mess. It he stops pretty quickly, but it is a cute moment. It does kind of like put that back in perspective that they're they're not adults that have experienced a whole lot like they're still teasing about crushes whether or not they're true crushes and whatever i thought it was yeah. cute if i was if i was a Gwen, i probably would have like punched <laughs> turn around and like punch parent in the face like shut up parent <laughs> get out of here <laughs> immediate no <laughs> uh, uh while they're i don't actually know it's not while they're joking around but later like the next day or whatever can be considered the next day Rand's just riding along and he's like oh I can feel the wind that's nice and then three seconds later wait a second there's no wind here this is bad and uh yeah turns out that's Manchin Shin Manchin Shin I think is how you pronounce it can't remember exactly and he remembers like what Loyal said about the wind and basically they it's a sprint to the exit to try and get out and the wind does reach them a little bit so they can like hear what it's saying to them which is super creepy. Um, and then Maureen has to like cut the door open, basically, because there's no key on this side or however the locks work on these doors. And Gates. then Mandarb lands horse does like a leaping shoulder smash into the door to like bust it open. He's like been trained yeah, so to do this. Lan's horse is like a, a war horse. So he does have like some training in like almost combat. <laughs> <laughs> combat horse. I liked it. Yeah. He's a combat horse. I like their horses. Yeah, so Moraine and Mandarb <laughs> managed to get the door open and they escape into Shinar. They're kind of like a few hours from Faldara, basically. And they're it's just a ride on the outside of the ways to get to Faldara. But traveling that fast was definitely helpful if it even if it came with the danger of losing your soul to wind. <laughs> Got yeah. them where they need to go. They were so. fine. It's fine. Nobody died. <laughs> we're good. Panfane was not fine. I, <laughs> but Manchin Shin did not uh, leave him alone, so yeah, well, <laughs> didn't, he's didn't not work exactly out for him. One of our he guys ended up so being the fine. one. Yeah, he was the one following them, and uh, yeah, he he walked right through the wind, so that was probably not helpful for him. Uh, Lan is also welcomed like a king in Faldara, 
and I don't know, the boys are kind of like, what's going on? And they meet with Lord Anglemar. Anglemar? And yeah, then that's when they discover that it was Pat and Fane that was following them, who seems like a lovely dude. Which, no, not bad at all. I want to say that uh, I was right last episode when I was like, oh, the beggar is giving like Pat and Fane vibes. Yeah, that was all I could yeah. think of when it was revealed. I was like, wow, Tay really called that. Got it. <laughs> you got it. I'm proud. Um, and also like going into this town, uh, Loyal's like welcomed really yeah, warmly like glory to the builders and he hasn't had that like anywhere yet so i was really happy for him he was so excited <laughs> yay loyal <laughs> he's so cute so just before we get there i just have this section where rand once again tries to get Egwene and nynaeve to leave he's worried about the girls very worried about them even though um, nynaeve is older than him nynaeve is having none of it which i loved and she says you know like he's like oh i'm just trying to make this point and she's like we're part of the pattern like stop like you need to just accept this and he's like well i was only trying to and then she like cuts him off and she says i know exactly i know what you were trying to do i know what you were trying to do rand i have a little liking for the eyes that i and this one least of all i think i have less going for going into the blight and least um but least of all is thinking is the liking that i have for the father of lies and she basically just says like if you're gonna believe anything he says like what the hell are you doing here yeah and i was like kate first of all i don't know how many people need to call out rand in one book before he gets it But, you know, and if you boys, you men can do what has to be done when you'd rather do almost anything else, what do you think I, why do you think I will do less? Yeah. And I was like, okay, hey, like, first off, go Nynaeve. But also, like, I don't know, it made me hate Rand a lot. Like, I get that he's trying to protect them in his misogynistic, you know, narrow-minded way. But, like, bro, everyone's here. They're involved. They're doing their part. Like, Where are stop. they going to go, too? Like, what's what's your plan what's here, What's the plan? Rand? Yeah. You're going to very... send them back through the ways to Eamon Field? Yes. Like, <laughs> go home, Sam. Like, yeah. okay, Frodo, let me go home now. <laughs> like, stop it. Even that was more like, but like I had more patience for Frodo because Frodo was like, I'm dying here. Like, <laughs> I like this sucks. Everything sucks. Like, I don't want you to be a part of this and you don't have to carry it. And someone's like, I'm a friend. Like, I'm going to do it. Like, whatever. Whereas Rand's just like, you precious women get out of here. <laughs> Not like. Rand needs a slap in the face sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> pretty, pretty girls can't do these things. I just want to shake you a little bit, Rand. Yeah, that's the. It's it's not even like. It's like just that they're very pretty girls. And he's like, well, you can't possibly be doing anything useful. Which they've gotten here, like, so far. Nynaeve literally found them with nobody. She was by herself. Yeah. Rand, screw off. <laughs> Get in line, Rand. Um, I think it's actually Maureen later on that says something similar to him, like, you're really gonna believe like the dark one. Yeah, over she me. actually says like like what what the hell? I have yeah. that section of leg too because of one that was like go Maureen. Yeah. But also like again, he's like he's so unwilling. My point, I think I wrote it down actually, was like he's so unwilling to trust the I said I that he would rather trust someone literally named the Dark One <laughs> than trust this woman. Like Father of Lies. The father of lies. <laughs> He's like, well, I know what you're up to, Moraine. <laughs> it's like, maybe you're being manipulated, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, just just think it over. <laughs> Moraine also, once they're in Faldara and like Panvane is captured, she kind of interrogates him and discovers that basically he's worse than a dark friend. And he's been pretty much had his eye on these boys for the last three years, but he's been a dark friend for a lot longer than that. And just been slowly going madder and 
matter. And similar mm-hmm. to Gollum, like he got brought to the Dark One and like was tortured and like yeah. I think I can't remember exactly what <clears throat> he calls himself. You know what upset me is that Ran never got called out for literally telling him the entire plan. <laughs> I was waiting for them to be like, Moraine to be like, and then Ran told him everything. (laughs) And she, like, it never happened. And I was really upset about it. I was actually like, Ran's going to keep getting off. And then he's going to be like, Nynaeve, you need to leave. Get out of here. Matt, you're spilling all of our secrets. (laughs) Ran is so annoying sometimes. The description of Patton Fane, like a man who looked like a rag bag turned inside out. (laughs) He ain't looking good. Man is he ain't looking disheveled. Good. <laughs> he has seen some stuff, been through it. <laughs> Fane also believes that the Dark One is touching the world and almost free from his prison at Sheogul, which again great, great sounded awesome. <laughs> really, really bad things. <laughs> Fane is super creepy at this point and he only gets worse oh good we also get lan's backstory yes yeah lan has an interesting which Nynaeve is like pretending very hard not to be interested in but (laughs) she is fascinated by yeah so turns out lan is the uncrowned king of malkier he never very aragorn yes very (laughs) aragorn he was basically like whisked out of so Malkier is currently taken over by the Blight, which we see it, um, and it was atta- being attacked by Trollocs, and he was, like, whisked away as a baby, and his parents, like, forced, um, or they swore all these oaths for him, and he was, like, given a sword and the ring, and so his oaths are basically to fight against the Blight to reclaim Malkier, even though that's, like, pretty much impossible. Poor guy. Yeah. It's it's a sad story, but he is yeah the uncrowned king of Melkier. Basically, he's he's vowed to die in the blight one day, fighting for his his land that he never really has seen or like visited because it was destroyed before he was or just after he was born, roughly. Yeah. Uh, but he's been training with the Shinarans and like the ones that were able to get him out for years, which is part of the reason he's so good at what he does yeah very much very big aragorn vibes here so i have i have one section i want to point out and and this is it's not a terrible section it just it graded on me like worse than i i I don't really know why it's bothering me so much but maureen is talking about how vile fane is and the description in the book is i feel soiled from touching him and i do not mean for the filth on his skin soiled in here naturally we know she means her heart like inside of her but instead of being like oh it's she just touches her chest she touches like her heart (laughs) she touched her breast (laughs) and i was like okay just like man writing woman it's a small thing it's not a huge thing i get it it's one line it's not the end of the world i'm not trying to like die on this hill but i was just like i would never write that i touched my breast (laughs) yes this is one of the annoyances with his his this story and specifically because you'll hear breast and bosom quite often and it was just like i just like i was like do you like where do you think the anatomy is is what i was because i was like like did she just cup her like i just it was such a wrong image and i was like just give it she's like feeling actu- herself up a actually bit. just in my boob i felt disgusting like my these, breast these will never right emotionally recover dirty. from this like i don't i i just like rubbed me the wrong way i actually like had to like I, like i stared at it for longer than i should have 
<laughs> and and I know it's not the end of the world. Like anyone listening is like, oh, it was fine. Like whatever. Like it is kind of whatever. Like I did eventually move past it, but like it bothered me more mm-hmm. than I wanted it to because I get the gist. But like, why breast, man? Why breast? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, chest would have worked fine. Chest, yeah. heart, yeah. A- any other part that is right there, like the <laughs> sternum. <laughs> sternum. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I enjoy Land's story though, even if it is very sad. Yes, but yeah, I like this. I like that we like got it finally. Lost king, yeah, almost. Taylor, I think you wrote something also that he like crushes a goblet in his hand. It's <laughs> just impressive. Yeah, what that was when um, what's our Lord of Angelmar? Yeah, Angelmar is like Daishan, for you are a diademed battle lord of Malkier, whatever you say, and then. <laughs> He doesn't like being reminded of it. Yeah, Len's just like crushing a silver goblet in his hand because he doesn't want to, you know. I don't know how much more you can like make a point of people not mentioning it. And then they're like, let me just talk about this for a little bit. <laughs> like this poor guy. <laughs> he really doesn't like to hear it. Um, Finally, so after like they stay the night they're basically and Moraine wants the boys sleeping as close to her as they can because supposedly that'll help with their nightmares. Mm-hmm. Which I believe it does. I don't think they have a dream that night. But Maureen and the crew head into the Blight. Um, they have a group of soldiers that escort them. Ingtar is the one kind of leading them. He's particularly annoyed because that means he's going to miss the fighting. Which it's sort of... I read this twice now and I, I always... Like I know that the fight at Tarwin's Gap is happening. But it's like so not important very much in this. I feel like they're going well, to the Blight and then he's also like, oh, and uh, I'm taking you here. But it's that means I miss the fighting at... Uh, Tarwin's Gap like and you're like oh right there's also soldiers going off to fight a war at Tarwin's Gap against Trollocs like this is happening as well so I actually felt the importance of their battle all right that's good (laughs) and I think it was just because it was it was mentioned like incessantly and he was like please stay help us like all this stuff and then she was like actually we're doing this thing and she explains what they're doing to go to the eye of the world and he was like okay so that's so much more important (laughs) yeah Angelmar was like so excited to see them and he's like help has come and then they're help just has like come and then he was like actually we and he nope. says it at one point he's like we're just the distraction and we're we're cool with that like yeah. I'm, I'm 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 happy to potentially die in a battle where we're just a distraction so you can do a greater good pretty much all shinar and men just are like ready to die in battle that's like their their goal <laughs> that's yeah that's what they want <laughs> Which is why I was like a little bit confused and I get like Ingtar doesn't really like get like the whole picture here, but he was like way more upset than I thought he would have to like escort them because they're actually on the real mission. Yeah. And and he's like, I'm missing the battle. Gonna, it's very I won't get sad. to fight any trollocs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, so I have a line here that I really liked, which is when he leaves actually. And he says, peace, favor your sword. And I have to be honest, I could have written an essay about how beautiful this, I just love it. I love the idea. <laughs> Yeah. It's the same with the the scene with Perrin, you know, wanting to throw away his act that we got in the last section. And I just love the idea that like that being a blessing of goodbye, like mm-hmm. may you have the ability to defend yourself, but may there be peace on the thing that you have to use. Yeah. So you never have to use it. Like I just love oh that message is so beautiful. And then of course, you know, Egwene's like, that's weird. And I was like, it's not weird, Egwene. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> I wrote down here too that the blight is basically like the fire swamp from Princess Bride. 
everything wants to eat you oh or poison you. Oh my god, you. it is! <laughs> they have rodents of unusual size. They do! <laughs> it's really hot. It is! <laughs> that was all the... Yeah, that's that's the picture in my head. This I is so exciting. <laughs> I feel like I want to reread this section just picturing that now. <laughs> yeah, the blight was a lot more uncomfy than the ways. So yeah, I was, it looks more uncomfy I was to excited me. to be here i think you it's guys, just because you guys you guys have really underestimated the ways man <laughs> i don't you went into a place in which you immediately looking back off of like where you came in from everyone's moving slower so time is morphing here okay you could literally die in the blink of an eye to an outsider of that room like this is there's a wind that chases your soul <laughs> And tries to eat it. Cool. Like worst things happen to yeah. them in the blight in this yeah, instance. Like small potatoes. <laughs> they just didn't. Here's my thing. The dark, like the way it was described, I, I get it. And maybe this is just like my natural fear of this kind of situation coming in. But you don't know what's there. Yeah. And so like, yes, I understand that we see more dangerous things with the blight. But the possibility of what could have been hidden just outside that darkness True. is way worse. I think I, the feeling of the ways, like like being somewhere where it's so dark, but it's also a huge room, basically, but you can't see anything. I, I get that feeling would be so creepy, but I just think of like trees attacking you. And like that seems, I guess in this instance of the book, because like they got out of the ways safely mm. and they get out of the light safely too, but like the trees attacking them and then the creepy creatures that come get them and the worms that are mentioned, like I don't want to meet those. <laughs> yeah, I the just, worms were messed. Yeah. I didn't like the worms. I think maybe it was just And like, that's where Lan was like, I'm going to go back. And Maureen was like, don't be dumb. <laughs> no, you absolutely not go back. I think part of it might also Speaking be like- Lan, Oh, go ahead. Um, Part of it might be a bit of a sensory thing for me personally. Like, you're just in the dark. That's okay. You're just in the dark. But the sweet stench of decay, the air tasting like a mouthful of spoiled meat- <laughs> Oh, so this is so interesting because you read it as like, oh, it's just dark. And I read it as senses being cut off because there was a description that like the light actually stopped. Mm -hmm. Like it should have went further than it did and it stopped. So there was some presence in there that dampened the light and also potentially was dampening all of their senses. So I read the ways as being like literally slowly cut off of your senses. Yeah. Which is way scarier. Than being like in the open. I agree that the blight is uncomfortable. Like this sounded awful. The one thing that got me about the blight, I think, (laughs) this is stupid. The ways seem a lot colder, and like I really hate the heat. Life's <laughs> so too hot. It was being sweaty. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do get that the ways seem so like horrible because it is like you're moving in a weird. Like you, you feel like you're moving, oh, but you're like actually the worst not. Worst thing you could do to me is make me sweat. <laughs> but actually. if I'm in somewhere where I'm hot, <laughs> it's so annoying. Okay, so actually, speaking of the sweat, I do have one section flagged in orange, which means I want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. uh, so that was, and again, this is coming from Rand's perspective. So there's one of two things happening here, which is either Jordan is having a little bit of his own misogynistic viewpoints coming in, or he's intentionally pushing a misogynist viewpoint out through Rand's eyes and I'm choosing to believe the latter because it just fits Rand so well but he describes Nynaeve and Egwene fanning themselves and that they rode slumped as if they were wilting and I was like this is the most like it's the smallest moment but it encompasses everything that Rand needs to get over which is 
he cannot untie women from something frail in nature like a flower. Yeah. Like he's literally comparing them to a flower without saying it. I don't know. Intentionally, this is like such a great characterization of Rand. Yeah. Because they are not wilting. Like they are uncomfortable. Yeah. But they're not wilting. Yeah. Like shut the hell up, dude. <laughs> Rand needs that. Uh, Yeah. He needs people to tell him to shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm so sick of having his perspective. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand this guy's going through it and I feel for him. But like at the same time, he's just like, oh, Neneve and, and poor Egwene are, are wilting. Or when like the, or oh, I'm terrible. I can't say his name. What's the, the guy's name in the, that sends them off? Ingtar? Yeah. Ingtar, yeah. Ingtar. No, not Ingtar. Angelmar. He is even like mistaking them for eyes to die and rand is like Just, like butt hurt about it he like he is like tell them like he's ready to be like they aren't eyes to die <laughs> like they're nothing they're just women like <laughs> like that's his vibe and i'm like why does this bother you so much <laughs> it's because rand needs to be smacked around a bit <laughs> needs someone to really kick him <laughs> the queen yes mm-hmm. i said speaking of lan and then we never did speak of lan but in the blight while they're hanging out we have just just a wonderful moment between lan do and you do you want me to like please read please read yes how much of this can i read can i just read the whole page because this whole page you you put this in our discord server actually and because uh, i was like that scene and that's all i said i said oh my god lan and you knew exactly <laughs> what scene i was talking about so that was great and you said screaming crying throwing up and that was me like i was losing it at this part just pick some of the some so of the good ones. My, I'll, I'll pick certain sections so the first thing that really like got me was Nynaeve just slow just bring him a cup of tea like they neither of them can sleep first off this is well Lan's keeping guard but Nynaeve should be asleep yeah so should Rand Rand can't sleep because he's like this blight is terrifying well it's really hot and it's really hot <laughs> so and also loyal snores <laughs> So that's a problem. And when he reached out with a murmur of thanks to grab the cup of tea, uh, she did not let go right away. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> like, I am ready. Give it to me. <laughs> and she says, I should have known you would be a king. Ah! I'm sorry. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Jordan is completely forgiven for the breast line. I'm in love. <laughs> I do love this part. And so... Rand is, and I actually really love that we're getting this through Rand's eyes because he's like a little bit like, oh shit, because he hasn't noticed any of this. Yeah, of course not. And to be fair, part of it was happening when he wasn't there. Like, yeah. but of course, he's been so obsessed with being like naive and Egwene are weak people, and <laughs> you know, my life sucks that he hasn't noticed anything that's going on with anyone else. And so Lan says, I am not a king, Nynaeve, just a man, a man without as much to his name as even the meanest farmer's croft. And Nynaeve responds with, some women don't ask for land or gold, just the man. (laughs) (laughs) I am sorry, this is the most romantic scene I've ever read. And the man who, and he replies, the man who would accept her, who would ask her to accept so little would not be worthy of her. Guys, you're killing me. (laughs) You are a remarkable woman, as beautiful as the sunrise, as fierce as a warrior. You are a lioness wisdom. Like, if somebody said that to me, (laughs) swoon. I'm, it's over. And then she jumps. like, you are a lioness. You are a lioness. I like that he, like, sees her, too. I also like that he calls her wisdom there. Um, yes. I know that she is wisdom, but like in in Maureen's eyes, she's just like 
a, a novice or like an accepted like an yeah. SNI in training but like he's calling her by like her title who yeah. she knows herself to be he sees her yeah. like he like all this entire scene was him being like I see you and you I can't love you <laughs> and you can't possibly think I deserve you yeah and she's like uh, you're a king first <laughs> off and like there's so much respect between the two of them in this scene and I think that's also what I really love and she jumps to like saying wisdoms don't wed and then you know she goes to Tarvalon she'll be more than a wisdom anyway she'll be something else so like who's to say what she would do there He's like, I said I don't wed, so like point invalid, like we're not doing this. And then he says, few men can live with so much power in a wife as an Aes Sedai, dimming them by her radiance, whether she wishes to or not. I was like, Jordan is 100% forgiven for all the lines I hated <laughs> earlier. That is so... It's not only like so true, it's so f- like, like Lan's like the real feminist here. I don't know. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in love, guys. Uh, and then she says, some men are strong enough. I know which one. I know one. Uh. And and then Rand, because he's stupid, <laughs> has to say, if there could be any doubt, her look left none as to whom she meant. We all know who she meant, <laughs> Rand. But I love that he needed to add that. Yeah. <laughs> he goes on to be like, I, I can't. I have a sword and a war I cannot win. Like, you deserve more than that. And I can never stop fighting. Uh, she's like, I'm just about to ask you. Like, you're shaming me at this point because I'm going to have to ask you to love me. And he says, I will never shame you. I will hate the man you choose because he is not me and love him if he makes you smile. No woman deserves the sure knowledge of her of widow's black as her bride price. You least of all. I Shivers. died. I died. <laughs> I actually am not here anymore. Man. He killed me. I'm in love. And then I died he, dead. I died dead. He, I love them. I love them. And then Rand closes his eyes because he does not want Nynaeve to know that he saw her cry. Which, of course, Rand, shut the hell up. You're not gallant because you pretended not to see your friend cry. Okay, let's let's get that straight. He's like, woman upset, I will honor her by pretending I don't see it. <laughs> but Rand could learn a thing or two from Lan here. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually, in this whole scene, you know, it should make me sad because like, they're like, oh, it's never going to happen. I'm like, it's happening. It's already <laughs> happening. First off, we, I just need to wait. So yeah, I mean, you got, you got. 15 books away. Well, 14 books I don't know if you away. noticed, too. It's in its own color. Because <laughs> you loved it so much. This is special. This is love. This is special. Yeah. When I, I read that it. section, I was like, I hope Marissa's okay after this. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be affected. I was not okay. I was affected. Amazing. Uh, I'm glad that everyone thought of me, too. They were like, that scene killed her. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's an intriguing, and this is kind of just related to Lan's story, too, but, like, his, the oaths that were sworn, like, for him are in the, like, they were his, his parents swore all these oaths for him. Like, he's the uncrowned king of Malkier. Like, he, he is the king. And he's sworn to fight this battle basically like fight the darkness till he dies but like he didn't necessarily originally have a choice in that like mm-hmm. his his path was very set off for him as a baby and ob- he's continuing in and obviously choosing to continue that but like he didn't have like this was given to him at mm-hmm. a very young age and i found that interesting that he's still like the honor to continue on and uh yeah i don't know i this that page was great <laughs> I love oh, that whole section. It was, it was a masterpiece. <laughs> I have it flagged in its own colors so I can refer back to it whenever I need to. 
It's great. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I do also, I think this was something I loved with Sanderson as well in reading Sanderson. And I can see maybe where the influence is happening here. But where you have such a uh, high-packed, high-action adventure with so much backstory, world-building, and just these small moments of, like, perfect romance, which I think is really understated. And I don't think a lot of, and I'm going to say it, men write very well. Like, there's a way in which that scene was written by somebody else and it was not the same. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they both came into that like conversation with so much respect for each other. And yeah, I just like, I actually really, really love that from when it's done correctly. Mm -hmm. Like, cause it doesn't, and this is what I mean when I tell people that like, I need a little romance in my story. Like I need a page, like give me a page of it <laughs> and a 700 pages of buildup and I'm good. Like that's it. But to deny that like, people fall in love in these situations feels unrealistic yeah. as well i uh when you mentioned sanderson it, it reminded me of something in in rhythm of war which i won't say because i know you haven't read with rhythm of war but maybe taylor knows specifically what i'm talking about like one moment but yeah you can so definitely words of radiance was what i was thinking about there's one scene well there's a couple scenes and i don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read that but there was a couple scenes in which there was just moments between people that i loved so dearly mm -hmm. and i really I, I i have to give it to like sanderson for that because i wasn't expecting it yeah and it came up and I was like, this is beautiful. Yeah. And adds a little more humanity to like, yeah, like we're in a fantasy world where we're fighting a dark one in a blight, but people still have feelings and can fall in love. Yeah. And our people. Our people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The next day we see like Nynaeve's obviously been crying and Ran notices it. And then her and Egwene have like a little moment where Egwene manages to make Nynaeve laugh. It's Ran watching this, but I don't know. I like that Egwene comes out. And and I like that Egwene makes Nynaeve laugh and then turns and immediately glares at Lan. <laughs> yep. Lan doesn't notice, or he probably does notice, but I just like that oh, she's like Lan immediately knows. coming to uh, her friend's side and she will, yeah, she's, she's the girlfriend who's like, mm, he's done. <laughs> and that's the way to react when your friend is crying to like go up to them and check on them yeah make them feel better and yeah. check on them instead of just being like and i'll close your like, eyes oh, okay, i'm, I'm sleeping be. sorry like <laughs> so Come on, Rand. as someone who hates crying i might want to be left alone <laughs> i think i think the thing is is though like he was never gonna mention it like he was never gonna check on her later he was just like i will honor her by pretending i never saw her show emotion it's like <laughs> maybe that's why she doesn't show emotion <laughs> that's true the next day uh their adventures get worse because the blight has gotten significantly worse and this is where again comes into the princess bride because i wrote some rodents of unusual size attack them yes <laughs> um, and the trees do too but everything is also kind of attacking each other so it's not they're not as overwhelmed as they would have been if yeah. like everything was aimed at them but the forest is kind of chaotic and mm -hmm attacks itself um, until we get the sort of trumpeting horn noises in the distance which Lan says are worms and, and then he's like let me go die yeah I'm immediately like well I don't like that <laughs> all I could think and I guess Taylor you've read Dune so you know but it made me think of sandworms even though I know that's absolutely not what it is but that's all I could think of <laughs> I'm picturing this one episode of Spongebob with like this giant <laughs> pale wormy thing which is like a big mouth like ah. I think I know the picture. I, I can picture that in my brain. <laughs> oh my god, I wasn't ready for Spongebob. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. This is like a 
giant kind of maggoty thing with just like a yes. huge hole for a mouth. Uh, yeah, that. that's there's like a creature like that that you have to fight in The Witcher, and they're really annoying, and that's what I was imagining. <laughs> yeah, also doesn't sound great. <laughs> but so Lan's ready to basically. Oh, go ahead, Tay. I was going to say that um, these worms can kill fades. That's uh, something I think Lan says it to like let them know what the danger actually is. Like, yeah, things don't want to fight these worms. They're scary. Again, yeah. and, and this is a theme that we're noticing in which it's not good news when the thing that you're fighting stops. Yeah. Or won't go somewhere because there's something worse. Yeah. Big time. There's a hierarchy here. And uh, worms are worse than fades. <laughs> Lan, again, I'm just going to say it, Lan. He's like, I'm going to go deal with them, Maureen. Be right back, except never. And <laughs> Be right like, back, but maybe not. <laughs> Nynaeve's like, no. And Maureen's like, be quiet to, to Nynaeve, which is like, be quiet, girl. And then she's like, Lan, I, even you cannot stop a worm pack. I will not have it. Like, she's done with him, like, trying to kill himself. She's like, no, this is not so, your time. <laughs> I know you're going to die in the blade, but not today. Yeah, not right now. <laughs> Not this is not important enough, or it is, but like we need you here. Matt is once again just like, what do you mean a worm? <laughs> that sounds not that bad. Matt, everything in the blight that you were was just attacking you ran away. You don't think this is gonna be bad? Shut up. Matt has learned nothing. Matt has learned zero things. <laughs> to be fair, he has been like possessed for part yeah. of it. He's so... got some issues. The the dagger but, is corrupting him, but but he's still he awareness, Matt. Yeah. That's all I'm asking for. Uh it gets to a point where it looks like they basically aren't gonna make it, and then suddenly the forest changes and they have reached the eye of the world and its guardian the green man Duzak Machina <laughs> who keeps the surrounding forest you guessed it green because he's the green man and this also gave me kind of end vibes but sp- also um okay I know this isn't what I was supposed to be imagining but I couldn't not imagine like the jolly green giant <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. I'm so sorry that I have to put that out there. That's all I can imagine. Amazing. And that he was like this wise creature was really, it was, it was really messing with the image I had. <laughs> he is green. Oh um, he gave me like cultivation spren vibes mm-hmm. with mixed with maybe an ant because he's like kind of a tree. Mm, yeah. um, and the green man was charged to guard the eye of the world, but hundred eyes to die that made it as they knew that they would die while making it so they charged him with defending it basically and protecting there's a lot of people who have been destined to die to create or defend things because also like he says later that he's been destined to basically like guard it until it kills him yeah and he knows he will die like in the room with it which is upsetting but like it's just a lot of that that's a very this world kind of sucks for a lot of people <laughs> something that the green we also have oh go. sorry yeah i think taylor no i think taylor and i are about to say the same thing of what he says which he calls rand the child of the dragon he sure does sounds pretty which is interesting because he does not call him the dragon oh you just don't want to believe listen No, I don't. I don't. Actually, I've made such a point of not believing it that at this point, like, I think you're right, by the way. I, th- I think he's the dragon. I think he has to be. But I'm going to look for every opportunity I can to pull that down. <laughs> because until it is confirmed, it is Ran. not happening. Not not because it's run. Just uh, I feel like it's so obvious and there's so much evidence that I just don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's been laid out too clearly for Marissa to buy. Yeah. It's like it's like it. Tom is dead. Tom is dead. Tom is dead. No, he's not. Which we didn't even <laughs> mention that Moraine says, hey, guys, I don't think Tom is dead. Shocker. We're all shocked. <laughs> like, he's too important to be cut off this soon. Like, also she's yeah, I like i couldn't remember where she, she said that because i said it last she, time i was like Marines or something, but I can't yeah she <laughs> she says also that like the town white bridge mm-hmm. it's like not big enough that they wouldn't have reported that a gleeman had died like it would have been a big deal yeah so like there's kind of no way he died so we'll see, see him later no body no death <laughs> see him later <laughs> So they go into the eye of the world, which is like this cavern. It sounds very beautiful, the way it was described. Like it's got crystals everywhere. And it's basically a pool of untainted Sidene, which is the male half of the power. So mm-hmm. to create this, it took 100 eyes to die, male and female, to cleanse this like pool. And at one point, they assume it was meant to mend the seal on the Dark One's prison or break it open. As some mm. stories say. Yeah, the eye of the world was made against the greatest need the world would ever face. I think that's Moraine that says that. Um, and yeah, unclear if we actually used it for that, <laughs> which Moraine also says later on. Well, we and, used it, though. Yeah. And Matt, again, just like kicks a rock into it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I couldn't even think. I couldn't even. I couldn't even. I, he did that. And I was like, why? Why are you here? Why do I have to read about you? <laughs> You're going to be the dragon in my head because you're inept. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just bad choices. Always. (laughs) Like, what what was he planning when he did that, too? No thought, just action. He's just going to (laughs) do it. No thought, just action. Yeah, pretty much. When they come out of this cave, cavern, you know, the eye of the world, these two creepos appear and they're described horrifically i don't want to look at either of them uh clearly not good guys and we find out they are two of the forsaken who should also be locked away with the dark one but apparently apparently not somehow they are here for all of us yeah and they mentioned too that i think taylor you wrote the line down that the seals weaken Aes Sedai. Like Ishmael, we walk the world again, and soon the rest of us will come. Yeah, so Ishmael is another of the Forsaken. So basically, they're saying here that there's three of them out right now. Good. Which, Great. Wonderful news. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and even Maureen knows like she's going to be no match for these Forsaken. Like The Forsaken were eyes to die back in the Age of Legends, so they have a lot more knowledge of the One Power. Plus, they're tied to the Dark One, so these two are men, but they're not going to quote-unquote go crazy because of Sidene. They're really old, so they could be a little bit bad in that way, uh, but they're like the power isn't going to corrupt them like it would any male channeler in this age. Mm, like any male channeler. <laughs> yes. All of the male channelers. <laughs> uh, Lan has a little... Any male channeler. <laughs> I wonder who we're talking about. <laughs> Lan has a little moment where he, he can't decide who he should protect, Moraine or Nynaeve. And that really screws him. It does, truly. He gets thrown away like a fly. <laughs> just blasted out of there. Which makes... Yeah, it's just like, like the flick of a wrist, basically. Which makes Nynaeve go a little feral. Um, but instead of channeling or trying to channel, she just tries to use a knife, which not really the vibe, but good for it's okay. her. <laughs> I I will also say this. So this was my like least favorite section of action mm-hmm. because it really felt very stagnant. It was like Land did something, and then Naive did something, and then Egwene did something, and I was like, are they all just standing? It was like a D and D fight. Yes, yes, it was. It was very turn based. I was like. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to move at the same time. 
yeah, it gave big D&D vibes. That's funny. <laughs> Moraine basically tells everyone to run here, but they all pretty much stay on their ground because Moraine, or sorry, Nynaeve is having her face crushed by the one dude. For the record, there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, they're both going to just die here and yeah. I'm never going to get my love story between <laughs> them and I hate life. <laughs> well, that's good. At least there, it felt like there was a little bit of stakes here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how cutthroat uh, Jordan is. So I'm not sure how much to be afraid. So that's where I'm at with reading it. I didn't think they were going to die, but there was like a momentary thought about it. And I was like, Alex might have made me learn these names, <laughs> even though they die in the first book. <laughs> I mean, they are characters we've been with the whole first book. So that doesn't mean they're in any of the other ones. It was just our starting yeah, point. That's true. But I mean, Egwene tries to help and she Rand does. just She's... tackles her because yep, how dare the you? way he describes her, her like power. I think he says, like, oh, I can't remember the exact line, but he talks about, like, her trying to show, like, her sh- uh, throw her, like, tiny little bit of power at the at the bad guys. Only little <laughs> girl bit of power. And he's like, just like, you're so weak. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> to the ground you go. Yeah. We do have one death here, though. The, the green man dies to kill uh, Bel- Belthamo. Mm-hmm. Belthamo. I think that's how you pronounce that one. And he, like, encases him in a giant tree, which is... Uh, very cool, actually. I, I like the way that that was. I yeah, don't think described. he's encased. No, no. I, I think he's he gets like mushroom growth eaten. It was like from the last of us, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Like it says, a tiny creeper bursts through the black leather. A fungus such as ring trees have not deep in the shadows of the forest ringed his arm. Sounds gross. Is that the section you were looking for, Taylor? Yeah. And then Balthamal twisted and jerked as all things that grew in dark places, all the things with spores, all the things that loved the dank, swelled and grew, tore cloth and leather and flesh to tattered shreds and covered him until only a mound remained, indistinguishable from many in the shaded depths of the green forest. And the mound mo- and the mound moved no more than they. Did the tree not grow over top of the mound though? I think the or does it and then it says that an oak that could have stood five hundred years covered the spot where the green man had been, marking the tomb of a legend. Okay. So I think all right, so maybe he's not over top of it. I mean Interesting. that's a small technicality. Maybe he he could be. Yeah. <laughs> He does die to kill this dude, but, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think mostly what I'm saying is that this guy is, he's been spent. Like, he's not just basically, like, like decomposed. Yeah. Usable. I was going to say, he's been like mulched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not just it wasn't like waiting. pleasant. Uh, Maureen tries to hold back Agnor, but it's kind of clear she won't hold him for long. I think you said it looks like fire jelly. <laughs> <laughs> what it sounded like, it sounded like she was shooting fire, but he was moving through it like it was jelly. Well, yeah, it, it literally says, which seemed to solidify in a red streaked yellow jelly of pure heat. There you go. Doesn't stop that's, for that's long. Hot that's hot jello. Some, I was going to say, that's some killer, killer jello. <laughs> <laughs> but, and yeah, this is when we have Egwene just trying to throw her little bit of strength in there help help out and rand is having absolutely none of it which just draws bad guy agonor is what bad guy number one uh it just draws his attention to Egwene. he's like oh you care about this well then target (laughs) let me destroy her (laughs) yeah exactly target acquired (laughs) so i've read this a couple times now but i remember the first time i read this whole kind of scene that comes next and it was always very confusing to me what happened to 
Rand and just this section in general. So I'm curious if you two thought. I He just went to dreamland. Like yeah. as soon as it started and we it started to feel like a dream, I kind of had that in my head. And then once he saw Balsamon or like he was like, there was like people showing up and I just felt like it was very dreamlike. That part for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I read this as all happening, but not literally. I don't know, but I might be wrong. Okay. It kind of, it was a little bit like I read this section twice to kind of rethink it, I guess, but it felt kind of like he was there. Like I didn't feel like he was in a dream, but like he was seeing more than what was actually happening on the plane of reality. Like this like cord and stuff. Like, you wouldn't just see that, but he can see. Yeah, I just, it was when he, like, in the next chapter, when he, like, comes out of it almost, Mm -hmm. and he's, like, confused about where he is and who people are. Yeah. That's where I was, like, he, it felt very much like he had been, like, put into a dream. Like, in the same way that his dreams are real in the sense that he can hurt and be hurt in them. That's how I read this whole thing, is it was, like, almost like a trance or Mm -hmm. something. So, I believe, if I am getting this correct too, that the trance starts once he gets to B- Balsamon. But like yeah. the um, when he sees Agnor with like the cord, basically the cord is connecting to the eye of the world, mm-hmm. and so Rand is able to like somehow steal that power from him. And Agnor can't hold the doll, but Rand can, and so he destroys him here, basically burns him alive. And then this one part was always a little bit confusing to me how he gets to Tarwin's Gap, but it's like he travels there or maybe like because the people at Tarwin's Gap see him. Mm-hmm. At least they're calling out to him. So somehow he gets to Tarwin's Gap because the people at Tarwin's Gap see him at least a little bit. And then he uses more of that power to destroy that whole army or mm-hmm. most of it. And then he somehow gets to Balzaman. And that's where I was like when he like destroyed that's where I was like, this has to be dream-like. Yeah, because that is currently happening because we see yes. that like that battle had happened. But still in the way that like the rats died and like right. all that stuff where like the dreams are affecting the real life, but he's not really awake. He's having like I can of... imagine him just like lying on the ground, but it's still happening. He's just like asleep. When he gets to yeah. Balsamon, that's yeah, I feel like that starts to get dream like like he's been pulled into whatever place this is taking. Mm-hmm. Right. Place in. I don't know. Um so he he unknowingly like wins the battle for the light there because he destroys most of the army and the rest of them just kind of run away. And this was never completely clear to me, but as I've read it the second time and then like done a little bit of research, potentially this was going to be the start of the last battle. And so Rand here has basically like delay it significantly. Um, significantly enough that we get 13 more books until we get to <laughs> the last job, battle. Rand. But this was supposed to be the start. And because Rand destroyed there, killing Agenor and you know, whatever he's done to Balsamon, then like that is also kind of just delaying this whole start. Mm-hmm. Because as they leave the Blight too, Moraine mentions it. Plus, like we see spring is showing up and like, mm-hmm. even the Blight has gone back a little bit. The Blight is calmer as they're leaving. Yeah. So when he's seeing Balsamon in that vision and strikes at him with a sword and everything and like cuts his cord. Yeah, notably like that cord is black. So potentially that's connected to Sidene and like the tainted power there mm-hmm. um, is what I read. And... Yeah, Balsamon is seemingly destroyed, but again, you know, we've got 13 books here, so <laughs> whether or not that comes yeah, back. Yeah, he was well. like, I did it, I did it. <laughs> Maureen's like, eh, I, don't, I don't know if you did, but okay. <laughs> oh, <buddy>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweetie. <laughs> Just like pats him on the head. <laughs> and then, yeah, we have Rand waking up. So at some point in that situation, he has basically gone into a vision 
And my assumption there is like when he gets to wherever Belzamon is, that's kind of like the vision part. Yeah. He's just, he's just like laying on the ground on some rocks. Yeah. Having a nap. <laughs> when he's in this vision with Balsamon, he looks in a mirror, which has been on the wall in this room through pretty much all these dreams. And his face is clear. Finally, it's been fuzzy before. And... Balsamon mm-hmm. says, you are here and I know you. So he has definitely uh, confirmed himself in some ways here. So again, I think this is where I assumed that they each had their own role, right? With the dagger and like the path. And I don't know if this has to do with like the pattern, like Balsamon being able to see the pattern and potentially know when they confirm which power is theirs, that they confirm which part of the pattern they are or something like that like that i don't know i'm totally guessing here because i don't know for sure obviously (laughs) but yeah that was interesting very much very reminiscent of matt also coming out and being like oh my god he saw me oh my god (laughs) yeah there was one quote i liked from balsamon said you have fled from me many times and each time i run you down and make you eat your pride with sniveling tears for spice Mm -hmm. oh lovely image spicy tears (laughs) (laughs) yeah balsamon got got a good a bunch of good lines here so rand wakes up and his memory is pretty fuzzy but once he kind of realizes that he's channeled he basically freaks out because he's like oh no this is this means i'm the dragon reborn pretty much and then he finds moraine and again tells her he won't be used and this is when moraine has a great line which i love where yeah i flagged it she says i think a tool, you can read a it tool out. made for purpose is not demeaned by being used for that purpose. But a man who believes the father of lies demeans himself. You say you will not be used, and then you let the dark one set your path like a hound sent after a rabbit by his master. Which is so true, because he's like, Maureen literally says she opposes what the dark one wants. And Rand is like, I'm not going to be used by you. But you're being used by the dark yeah. one by saying that. <laughs> He's going to punch him in the face. Like, <laughs> Rand, God, slap you around a bit. <laughs> and he also asks her not to tell Matt and Perrin. Or he, he just wants some people to not know, I guess. I think she, and she's told Lan. Well, she says, like, they will not know until the pattern makes it so. And, like, she kind of makes it sound like she's saying, you don't need to tell them right now. Mm-hmm. Right like, now, it's they'll figure it out. Me, the two women, because they're going to be Aes Sedai and Lan, you know. And notably she doesn't say specifically like I'm not going to tell them because yeah. she she can't lie. So maybe she will tell them, who knows. Infant. Yeah, well, I mean, listen to everything Maureen says because she can't lie, but she can mislead. That's for sure. And she says and that when she gave like she's saying that oh she had her suspicions that Rand was going to be the one that when she gave them the token, the coin, and made the bonding. You should have been willing to fall in with whatever I wanted, but you resisted, questioned. That told me something, but not enough. And I don't think yeah, this... we've heard that the coin was supposed to have that power over them. Yeah. So this is a little bit of like a, a point to Moraine, too, that she she did a little bit compel them to come along with her. So at one point, you know, Rand is like, oh, I didn't have a choice. Clearly he did because he was arguing. But she did Tempt. give him a little push. Yeah. <laughs> and OK, so you go. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Tay. No, you go. <laughs> no, you. No, you. <laughs> I was just going to say um, that she also mentions Bella not needing any 
cleansing of her tiredness uh, because someone already did it. And she's like, oh, I should have noticed it was Egwene riding the horse and you would have been afraid for her safety. So you reached out to the one thing that could give you the help that you needed. And that was the Sidene. So Rand's been doing a little magic behind Accidental. the scenes. Okay, so that was my question. Is this confirmation that he's the dragon? Because what I took it as, and I'm just going to say it, and I might be wrong because there's a lot happening in this last section, but what I took it as was not confirmation that he was the dragon. It was confirmation that he can channel. So Moraine believes that this is confirmation that... I get that Moraine believes that that is confirmation, but like it's not full confirmation. It's not, I guess, official until Rand kind of proclaims it himself as well so if so he chooses to and so there's a chance attempt where he he cannot accept it yeah. is that it kind of and like obviously if something were to happen to rand then like they're screwed because she references a whole bunch of things in which all of them have been doing as well like all of them argued with her all of them haven't trusted her like they were supposed to follow her absolutely but all of them could do it so i'm yeah, I just like it feels like zeroing in on Rand for like things that the others had as well. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm being misleading <laughs> in this situation. Like, you can just say the like, Dragon Reborn, you can't say if you can't say. Like, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, the Dragon Reborn will be able to channel. Like, that is in itself. But you also kind of have to accept it, I guess. Okay. Because we get that line up from Moraine at the end saying, like, um, the prophecies will be fulfilled. So she, like, believes that we've set on this path. Yeah, I think I'm just a little confused. Okay. About whether or not he can be or is or for sure. Like, do you Yeah, I just don't really you? get it. <laughs> it's confusing at the, in the, at the start of this book. I know this is hard because you can't give away the rest of the book, but I just, I, I feel like I'm just, like, really confused. Maybe I need to go back and, like, reread at the beginning. I feel like all the things adding up, him being called Child of the Dragon, him being the one not born in Emmons Field, him you know, being the one who's channeled to fight Balzaman are all like, okay, so this is the one that has the ability. Like the other boys have other abilities, but he's the one who touched the Sidon and used it to fight the Dark One and and this army also. Like he did a, quite a bit of little things there. So I feel that it's confirmed without saying, oh, he is for sure the dragon. Like I think that we're supposed to believe that at least at this point, whether yeah, not. and see, that's where I'm like super suspicious of it. I think at this point, your suspicion is still valid. Like it hasn't been outright said Rand is the dragon, except by me saying that <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> but I think there's still wiggle room if you need that. It's not that I need the wiggle room. I, I just I feel like it's awfully boring if he is. <laughs> I feel like maybe Robert Jordan wasn't trying to trick us that hard. <sighs> Okay, I'm gonna try. I like I'm trying really hard to like not spoil something that you're gonna get within like the first bit of the next book. So, <laughs> like the three of them have a part to play in all of what goes right. on. Right, and if I, I need, like I'm just saying, if I need to accept that he's the dragon, and that's fine, and I can accept that Robert Jordan was not trying to trick me this entire time. I'm disappointed to be honest because I just like I don't know. It's so easy. It's so easy and it makes it so boring and it makes it like, it doesn't help that I don't really like Rand. So I'm like, oh God. Listen, 
Rand is annoying <laughs> for the first bit. See, and this is my thing because you keep saying Matt gets better every time we bring up how annoying Matt is, but you agree with us on Rand. So I'm just like, ugh, I will accept that this doesn't look great for my theory that he's not. And there, there's something off about it. Okay. Maybe they have to like and I, Power Rangers combine and then that becomes the Power thing. Rangers. <laughs> Well, that was what like vibe I was getting halfway through the book. And definitely like when Alex was like, oh, which one do you think it is? I was like, I feel like this is a trick question. It's all of them. But like, we're not, we don't know enough to answer that yet. But yeah, I just, yeah, the ending was something else that I was like. <laughs> the ending makes Moraine seem sketch. Sus. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. Sus. yeah. Very sus. That, that was when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, Moraine seems very sus here. <laughs> but again... It just, it feels a lot like confirmation that he is the dragon, but without saying it. And I'm just like, why the hell won't anyone say it? Which makes me feel like there's something more to be said about it because she can't lie. Yeah. Okay. I will say the ending of this book is very, like... <laughs> <laughs> I love when this book absolutely, written, like like tongue-tied we've made you it's just so That's hard to love. say things without like i don't want to no no and i, I was honestly like, I rather, want you guys to figure I would this rather sit here in confusion than have you spoil something yeah like i will admit that i'm just like also aware that i get very stubborn sometimes and i don't want to be like stubbornly being like he's not a dragon when he is like i don't want to be that person but yeah so it just and and I'm asking too much out of you specifically. And then me and Tay have always had different thoughts on this. And I'm probably going to have to concede in like the first two chapters of the next <laughs> book that she is she is right. And, you know, and it's not that I didn't see it coming because it's hard not to see it coming. I'm just a little disappointed that there wasn't at least a little bit more complication to it mm -hmm. if it is just him. Right. And maybe I've tried to like hide it too much in a sense that I wanted there to be more complication here. What I will say to you is I don't think you... Uh, I don't think he was trying to hide as much as you think. Yeah. Okay. So then it's Rand and it's fine. And I hate it. <laughs> it's just, I just, I think it's, I think it's just like, I was hoping for more out of him. It was like so heavily broadcast that my heart was hoping he was hiding it. Yeah. Because it's just like way too easy. The hard part is it's Rand's POV. Right. So like, to yeah, me, I wanted it to be trickier. Yeah. I wanted it to be trickier. I'm going to just make my peace with it right now. Like Taylor is right. <laughs> However, we will get the next book goes into more detail about Moraine and like the whole prophecy that kind of started this. So you are going to get more confirmation. Yeah. There. It's not explicitly confirmed. Here. I can, I, I can you feel mean. your disappointment and how disappointed no. I am. She's like, she's like trying to save it. Like, I'm just never going to like any other part of this book. It's a good book. I'm fine. Like, it's, I don't know. I just like, I, I really was hoping for more out of that prophecy because it doesn't feel like a prophecy. And keep in mind too, like this book, as he wrote it, it was supposed to be three potentially yeah. or six. I promise there's other things in here that will surprise you. Okay. <laughs> I'm really upset about this for some reason. I don't even know why I'm so, maybe it's just because I don't like Rand. I feel like that may be playing into it. I'm sorry. I feel like some- I'm going to pout about it a little bit. <laughs> some more like books that have been written more- in recent years have had like a goal of being tricky if that makes sense like this book was written quite a while ago and maybe that wasn't such wasn't on 
authors minds as much to like have yeah a twist like from the beginning in such a i do think then it's super interesting that moraine is just like k rand go off by yourself like that's fine like what because the pattern's Isn't just gonna this, bring like- him right back if if that's the, the pattern right now the threat has been delayed so if he's the the dragon and the pattern yeah to veer okay. in everything like he's gonna end up where he needs to be yeah as, but then like what's the point of doing anything well i mean maybe she doesn't know where he's <laughs> supposed to be next so he has to like lead her yeah yeah i don't know alex i keep wanting to say things and i just I can't know, i know it's okay do you want to move on to our next section well yeah let's just finish the because yes. we're, we're all we're still in the blight currently <laughs> Um, we do find out that the eyes of the world is empty, so Rand used up all that power, which maybe could have been useful since did he use it for the right thing? Maureen doesn't even know. Um, they find the Horn of Velier, which is very important. They find a broken seal from the Dark One's prison. I'm sure that's fine. And then Good. the Great. dragon banner from the last, well, the dragon, Luz Theron, which he kind of like describes what's on it, which is clearly a dragon. And these things were all hidden in the eye. And so Maureen's like, was the eye here to hide these? Were like, are these, why were they there kind of thing? Um, so we'll find out in the next I mean, books why, were they, why they were there and how important they are. If- and we have, oh, go ahead. If this horn is the horn that the great hunt for the horn it's about they really just stumbled yeah, that's all I could think about. in on it and and found it but she's very clear Indeed. it needs to get to Ilian and like on the horn it says the grave is no bar to my call so this horn is like a resurrection horn yeah, yeah. It again calls very back, lord of the rings yeah it calls back the hundred companions i believe who fought in a very specific war um and that's why it says the, the grave is no bar to my call because it calls them back so that'll be fun and yes very fun <laughs> and as they get ready to pack up and leave we've got loyal singing a tree song so that the blight will never get to the green man's tree tome tomb which i just like that moment Love. yeah it was that was a nice tree. moment rand keeps being like we won we won yeah rand rand needs to just we did just not win stop rand. rand's like <laughs> he said it's fine no worries now everything's good yeah and maureen says we struck a mighty blow to the dark one and Matt's like, why? What did we do? And I said, I agree, Matt. What did you do? <laughs> In this whole situation, what did you do? <laughs> he he almost tried That's what he did. That is what I did. He picked up the horn. He found it, I guess. <laughs> He's like, this is cool. Can I blow it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kicked a rock on it earlier. So it's <laughs> great. Good job. Oh, God. They leave the blight. They see spring has arrived at last and they find out that the battle at Tarwin's Gap was won. And Faldara is basically celebrating. Maureen doesn't think they truly killed the Dark One. They show Rand's go- like, I did it all by myself. I no promise problem. he's dead. <laughs> they show Anglemar the Horn of Valir, and Rand decides he's going to leave his friends before he goes crazy. He's t- he tells Egwene that he can't go home. And uh, Maureen showing us her, her sneaky spy skills that she's listening in on their conversation. And then like one of the last lines is, the prophecies will be fil- fulfilled. The dragon is reborn. And uh like you said, Tay, basically she's unconcerned that Rand wants to leave because she believes he's the true dragon reborn, dragon reborn and not another false dragon. So basically whatever he wants to do, it doesn't matter because he's going to have to like, the pattern's going to push him towards fighting the dark one. And then we are done. Yeah, we have our next book is The Great Hunt. Taylor has some good theories on that one. We've gotten our, our thoughts on all of this. Uh, one line that I kind of liked as they were leaving the blight 
after Loyal does the the tree thing, Lan goes, "You're a good man, Ogier," and and Loyal goes, "I'll take that as a compliment, but I do not know what Elder Haman would say." Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I liked that. That was really cute. <laughs> yeah, I liked a comment that Egwene made when they were talking about going home or how Rand's not gonna go home. <laughs> she said, "Even Matt's father must be dying to see him by now." <laughs> Poor Matt. <laughs> I actually felt a little bad for him then. Goddamn, stupid Matt. (laughs) I felt bad at that line too. That's so sad. (laughs) Like, I guess his dad might be missing him. It's like, oh, poor guy. An Abel Coffin. Uh, Final questions, I suppose. Did this, I have a few and then we can go on to the one that I made you. Yeah, what do you have? Guys, research first. Um, Did this book remind you of any other books? Lord of the Rings. This reeks of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yeah. Are a lot of elements that it shares with... Uh, the hero's journey, which is a well-used and well-loved trope, or not trope, uh, plot for fantasy novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we're following that and we're not expecting any surprises from Jordan, then we are going to have the entire series end with Rand coming home. See, I think Rand's going to die and Matt's going to come so, home. Big dead? <sighs> At least that's I don't think hope. I can say that because I think Alex might have spoiled something for me. Oh. Oh. <gasps> Alexandra. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, well, don't say it. Don't. Yeah. You can tell me after. Yeah, I'll I tell you after. for you. <laughs> Alex, you can't react though when she tells you. All right. She might have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I I do think so that's a that's a pinnacle moment of the hero's journey is the return home which nothing is the same. Fair so, I think if you're saying that Rand is our dragon reborn then yeah very frodo so you have and it's followed pretty much every other plot point on that chart so far mm-hmm. there is i mean it's a 15 book 14 book series with a prequel that definitely could have a couple surprises here and there so i could see it requiring a sacrifice like taylor is suggesting yearning for yearning for <laughs> She really, she really said, Rand, no. <laughs> but yeah, that would be, retur- it's like the return home, but forever changed. Mm-hmm. Alex, move on to the next question, because <laughs> I can see no, I was just, the I'm reading. censoring happening in your head. <laughs> I'm reading which one I want to, uh, oh, I see. to go next. <laughs> you looked very thoughtful. Um, some of these are from uh, like questions I took from our book club one, but did the- reading this book impact your mood? <laughs> I feel like you yeah. mentioned the naive thing. It definitely impacts your mood. No, it impacted my mood a lot. Mood a lot because I wanted to strangle Matt multiple times. It, like again, I literally shook the book. I closed it and I went <laughs> like I was wringing someone's neck. Uh, so that was that was fun for me. Never done that before. <laughs> the land naive thing. Beautiful chef's kiss. Good job, Jordan. Love you for that. I also do think there there's quite a few beautiful moments. There's quite a few sad moments. So I would say yes. All right. Hey. I've never felt anything in my life, so I don't know what's <laughs> a mood. Taylor's actually dead inside. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> yes. Like, yes to everything Marissa says, but I feel like I didn't feel it in such <laughs> extremes. Like, I, I'm going to need a little more. I, I'm really just looking to get yeah. hurt <laughs> from this book. Yeah, Tay wants to be... Like, Tay affected by the ways. <laughs> if Tay is not sobbing when we start one of the podcasts, it will mm. not have been enough motion, I feel like. Yeah. No, it needs to. I mean, I cry. Okay. Well, later on. You're also a Pisces. Oh, so. dear. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we'll that see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, 
I hope I cry. Have you ever cried while reading, Tay? Yes, I have. And there's definitely certain things that make me cry. Is that like is that like an easy thing? Like, do you find that you do that often or are you like surprised when it happens? I'd say it wouldn't take too much to get like a light cry, but to get like a really good, like my chest is caving in feeling. Yeah, like sobbing. Like, like that's what yeah. I'm chasing. That's what I want. <laughs> I want that effect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will I will say I will be a little surprised if it gets me quite that far. All right. I don't cry a lot. I mean, I cry at all books pretty much. So <laughs> I'm always crying. <laughs> she cries when she opens them. <laughs> yeah. I cry at commercials, okay? <laughs> that shouldn't tell you too much. <laughs> favorite scenes i think i know marissa's favorite well scene. i don't i don't i don't i think everyone listening to this podcast knows my favorite scene it's 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 the pink one so when it she was beautiful out loud the one i read out loud even though you were like just take parts from it i was like every part of this is beautiful she's like okay just the key parts uh the entire thing i will say i also thoroughly enjoyed the moments of levity that we pointed out between Egwene and rand i'm not a huge fan of them being together i think they're super toxic for each other (laughs) but i do love the playfulness in which they believe they're experiencing love Mm -hmm. i'll say that i also really liked the ship parts right um i don't know why i just that was that was that was a top tier moment wait the what parts the The parts where they were on the ship Oh, okay. the ship. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a no, while ago. I, okay. I, thought you, I thought you said the shit parts and I was like, oh my goodness. No, 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 no. Yeah, the crappy parts were my favorite. <laughs> I loved all those parts. <laughs> uh, I liked definitely the Lan and Nynaeve scene. That was, that was very good. Beautiful. And I also had Marissa in mind while I was reading it. So there was, <laughs> there was some extra you know what Dr- ran can be the dragon reborn because i'm perfectly happy with lan and i need i've i've made up my mind actually that's the storyline you're following yeah, yes yeah, i love that and i love i love loyal still and just everything and anything loyal does. yeah well i'm excited to get more of him i feel like i didn't get enough of him to like mm. love him fully i keep interrupting taylor and i'm so no. sorry <laughs> it's okay i'm i'm listening to you okay good okay it's hard because you and me are in the same room and taylor's not so it, i feel um, like i'm talking over hard. her and it's like yeah i wish i was one day i will room. not be in the same room because i'll be at home like while my kid sleeps but you know it's currently okay. it's easier to do this all right so you guys like the same things <laughs> let's do we are one <laughs> <laughs> have you two ranked your most valuable and your least valuable yet yeah i will do that really quickly all right tay give me give me the ranking all right. By the end of this book. By the end of this book. Well, I still have Loyal in first just because I really love him, even if we don't have enough of him yet. I feel like <laughs> he's just he's just gonna sit there. <laughs> At the bottom, right now we have Tom because he's not here. He's he's, he's somewhere else. Present. He's playing dead. He's not dead, but he's <laughs> he's somewhere. Uh eighth, Matt, seventh, Perrin, sixth, Rand. Oh. Ooh. Perrin was because there wasn't enough going on with Perrin. He was he's just downcasting his just yellow eyes. His eyes yeah. And being sad. Like, yeah. Okay. Do Moody some, Perrin. Do something a, a little better. Um fifth we have Egwene, which moves Nynaeve 
Nynaeve. She moves Nynaeve <gasps> up a little. She's she's growing on me, which is good. Uh, Lan in third. I think getting his backstory just like made him more solid to me. Um, mm-hmm. And Moraine in second with Loyal in first. That's I like it. That's where we're at currently. A little change. So mine's actually like kind of similar to yours. So I have Tom in last. I did bump him down to last because we literally don't get anything from him. He's only in <laughs> last because confirmation that he's not dead. Because Matt didn't yeah. do enough bad stuff in the last part to be I am actually yeah and I'm tempted to put Rand last but like he did the whole fight thing so it feels unfair (laughs) to be like you're not valuable a lot he did a lot in this uh, episode (laughs) but you know so I went eighth with Matt and then seventh with Rand Perrin is still in sixth he's been like pretty consistent for me like he's nice and fine but like not my fave Mm -hmm. Egwene actually drop from fourth to fifth uh moraine drop as well uh like she's doing a lot here but like loyal and loyal was really outworking her for a little bit (laughs) so she's in fourth and loyal is actually in third all right i'm very excited to get more of him i'm so like so excited about it and but every scene he was in he really was memorable like even him in the ways being like i'm so stupid why did i come in the ways like the elders would be so like i'm i'm the dumbest i'm the dumbest ogre that is ever just like a little kid like he was just like i've never learned he ran away right (laughs) only two bridges to my studying oh we could just go there (laughs) yeah loyal poor loyal and then i have lan who i'm in desperate love with in second and his love in first because she deserves it Nynaeve <laughs> yeah I I'm I love that I drifted towards Nynaeve at the beginning because I like I really feel how much I love her now uh, so yeah she's she's solidly in first I also like we didn't really mention this but Nynaeve's like slow shifting of Oh well, I'll just go to Tarvalon so that Egwene has a, a friendly Again. face. Fine. <laughs> she yeah, very yeah, yeah. She's not giving it up uh easily, that's for sure. She she is yeah, she's a stubborn girl. Yeah, she is. We love that for her. And then finally, our little fun I, this isn't really a game, but I want you two to give me uh zodiac signs for these these main characters here and uh, we were discussing this before we started so this may take a while but <laughs> this i might think it's take important a while. information yeah i i like the game of it do we want to we, we did discuss it so do we want to start with like the ones we like me and tay agree with because sure. i and i feel bad for alex because i'd love to include you on this but i know that some of the things the opinions you might have might reveal Shift. things yeah yeah no i i like your guys opinions better okay <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> So which one did we, you remember which one we agreed like the hardest on, okay? That was Nynaeve. Yeah. And she is through and through a Taurus. <laughs> Alex, like, through and through. Alex just said that she was stubborn. Yes, she yeah. is. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually wrote down in my notes here is Nynaeve is either like a Taurus for the stubbornness or a Leo for the loyalty to Two Rivers folk. But then you guys convinced me that the Taurus uh, way because the Leo would be too full of herself. And- yeah, she's not. She's not in love with herself. So I did think Taurus before. Yeah. I, uh, I forgot that I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> and Taurus are loyal too. So that's... Taurus are really loyal. So you definitely have that in there without the self-obsession, I guess. No offense to Leos, but... A no offense to Leos. <laughs> I don't mean to slight any signs here, by the way. Like, I'm I'm not slighting you, even if I say something that's unfavorable. Everybody <laughs> has an unfavorable trait. Yeah. It's... If you're a leo and we say something bad about a leo your rising sign probably fix it so don't even worry it's not about you <laughs> yeah it's not about it's not about you it's not that deep 
but yeah we all right who do you want to go to next or did you have something else to say about Nynaeve I was just gonna list some more of the Taurus things but if we're good we're good oh you can go ahead Taurus are also homebodies reliable kind of have an all or nothing attitude given that she's like let's all go home now (laughs) right she loves Emmons Field yeah let's go back she's got a job to do hates big changes and uh, she she likes to be in control of you know herself and some things going around going on around her yep. so yeah she feel that we feel pretty pretty good about that that choice there mm-hmm. um, all right i'm gonna write these down and then if they change throughout the book we can come back to them i would like to point out that the taurus ruling planet is venus which is the goddess of beauty and the arts and i just love that for her mm. love that for my girl <laughs> my girl naive <laughs> Uh, All right, we got Nynaeve as a Taurus. Yes, someone else we agreed on was Rand. Yes. And that he is a Cancer. He is a Cancer through and through. If I may, Cancers are receptive, sensitive, imaginative, sympathetic, kind, and emotional, and also a little bit possessive when it comes to love. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Shocker. Wow. I wonder how that fits. Their dominant keyword is I feel, which is definitely Rand. Rand feels all the feels. Uh, he is ruled by the moon. Uh, so, And I love that for him because his emotions go up and down like the moon and change with the moon, I feel like. <laughs> they also, I, I just think this is funny. So I have a book on astrology and it mentions the dangers for people in each sign. And his danger is cancer people are susceptible to accidents in the home. <laughs> and if that doesn't fit perfectly, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that not a bunch of questions about Rand. That one felt yeah, I said I feel like he's a water sign. You said he's a cancer, and I was like, yes, yeah, I- <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yes, that fits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we had we 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 hashed it out a little bit about Egwene, but I feel like we landed on the same one. Or maybe well, the- Tate Tate doesn't look com- confident when I said that, and I got scared that maybe we didn't land on the same one, and we have to hash it out again. Well, the question was: Is she a Pisces with a fire moon, or is she an Aries? with a Pisces moon. Yeah, and so I I would go Aries with a Pisces moon. She has the Pisces in her, but she is most definitely an Aries first. And the reason I think that is because Aries, the, the Pisces is very dreamlike. They have like a very dreamlike kind of take on life. And I, while I see that influence in her, she's not so susceptible to it. Also, Pisces tend to have a little bit more of an emotional side. And while she's not afraid of her emotions, she's definitely more like assertive and aggressive with her emotions first, which makes me think like her dominant side is the fire and then the water kind of comes in after. Agreed. Say, yeah. I feel like that. Yeah, you agree? Okay. Yeah, Marissa's All got right. the... I like the agreement here. The book and <laughs> she's... <laughs> She's convincing us. <laughs> what was it that your mom said in the last one that I was very persuasive? <laughs> yes. I feel that. Uh, so I, I also really think it's her because she very much is, and I, I mean this in the best way, but she's a me first person. She's going to do what she wants to do in order to get the experiences that she wants out of the world. And I mean that in the best way. Also, when you combine Cancer and Aries, they have a very volatile relationship that is dominated by the Cancer trying to control the Aries and the Aries having none of it and if that's not Rand and Egwene to a T I don't know what is <laughs> all right 
right. How about uh, how are we feeling about Perrin? I feel, I feel like I'm still a little bit split on Perrin, but so Tay, why don't you go first? I was also split on him. I said either a Libra or a Virgo based on you know, Libra's indecisiveness, uh, conflict avoidant. Um, that mm. that drew me to Libra, Virgo, the self-critical, judgmental, but with good intentions, intelligent, but having a bit of trouble like expressing himself, a little bit more introverted. Mm-hmm. So that's, so that's where I don't see either the Libra or the Virgo <laughs> is the Virgo is very analytical. So I feel like he would have more quickly accepted his fate as like being able to talk to wolves and stuff just based not on the fact that he wanted to but based on the facts of the matter which is like very very virgo based and the libra part that i don't think fits is that libras tend to be very socially inclined which is Mm -hmm. like definitely not parent so i had aquarius because we still have that little bit of analytical because he is like he is thinking through a lot of things pretty like a lot um but a little bit more with strong dislikes and firm opinions, which is where I felt like his opinion of the Aes Sedai came in, his desire for Egwene not to use magic at all kind of overtook him a little bit and all that kind of stuff. Would his indecisiveness come from Aquarius though? Like I I feel like the strong dislikes and likes are like, you know, he has an opinion and he kind of sticks with it. But with him, he's very conflicted about things, you know? So I don't know if that comes in with Aquarius or if that comes in with maybe your other... I feel like his problem with his indecision is that he's being met with things that contradict his strong opinions. And instead of accepting them, he's fighting them because he has such a strong opinion about it, which is where I really don't feel the Virgo fit. I get that with the Libra. I actually like, I feel like if there was another sign I would take him to, it would be Libra because a lot of it does make sense. But I mean, I'm okay if you, I'm okay. (laughs) You guys can obviously have conflicting opinions and like this could even out later on when we get more yeah and i would say like maybe it's libra with like an aquarius moon or something like that like i'd have to do a full chart to like see how that would impact in where or aquarius with like a libra like i think there could be both of those in his you know in his chart uh the reason i would lean more towards aquarius is uh their most likable trait is that they are friendly and i feel above all things perrin is relatively friendly of a person he's kind of known for that being able to make jokes and put people at ease even when maybe he's not i mean as an aquarius i don't hate it but (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not mad about it which is like the libra's most likable trait would be charm and I don't really like. There's, he's there's a difference friendly. I, between yeah, friendly and charm. Yeah, yeah. I also just want to point out. I know that technically their birthdays, Rand, Parent, and Matt. Oh, are this to be is similar. off chart. This yeah. is if we're this ignoring was that by a, by a woman. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're ignoring that point. <laughs> yeah, Robert Jordan probably didn't right. know his sign, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Tay's got Libra and Virgo um, options, and then Marissa's got Aquarius, Libra potential. Yeah, it's more Aquarius than Libra, but I could see where the Libra ties in. All right. Well, let's stick with the boys. Oh, uh, God. You're going to ask me about Matt. Tell me about your Matt decisions. Matt is hard to read. (laughs) Okay. I also will say, this is where I will come in and say, you're getting Matt possessed by Dagger. Like, that's what you've gotten the majority of this book. So he may be hard to read there. But I'd be curious your thoughts still. And like, these can always change, obviously. So I would say Leo. Leo is your Matt Right now. 
based off of what I know to be the true Matt, is Leo. So Leos are enthusiastic, powerful, expansive, creative, generous, which doesn't quite fit in this realm of Matt, but we'll accept it. Extravagant, which is very, very (laughs) much him. He still accidentally stole a dagger that has like a ruby in it. Like, come on, Matt. Uh, dogmatic and fixed in opinion. I do think he's rather fixed in opinion. Like, I don't think he's very, like, he doesn't say his opinion a lot in a way that is uh, very well said. Like, he can't formulate the thought of his opinion, but he definitely thinks his opinion is right, and that's why he's so loud. Also, their most likable trait is their exuberance, and to be honest, that's what everyone, like, lauds him for, is his, like, excitement, his fun, right. his jokes, his And I mean, that's what your sun sign is, right? It's yeah. What, what other people kind of, your brand. Yeah, your <laughs> brand. brand. Um, I how are we feeling about Matt Tay? Like Matt is definitely a fire sign. He's that I absolutely agree on. Agree with. Um, yeah. Leo, yeah, I can I can see it. My original thought was Sagittarius, spontaneous, no indoor voice, likes to explore the unknown. Um, when we were talking about Aries, you know, impulsive, no filter, will do anything on a dare, easily bored, competitive. Those felt true but possibly more dagger mat not yeah i do think aries fits in the sense that i don't think two aries together is a good thing and we've noted that Egwene and matt if they had been split off it would have been just a mess (laughs) disastrous yeah those two would not (laughs) like they would have had a hard time staying together so i can see the aries as well i think right now i'd have to go with leo but i it I actually agree. It just has to be a fire sign yeah. right now, at least. I did have a thought of him being a Pisces because of the dreamlikeness uh, and that being why he was so bothered by, you know, like the things that were happening to them is because they were intruding on a dreamlike state. So I think that maybe could be something that he turns into more when we see more of his true self, per- potentially. Like, if I think he's not going to be a fire sign, I think I would go Pisces. Yeah, we'll have to check back on Matt when he gets better, as Alex has promised us. (laughs) We'll come back. All right. How about our girl, Moraine? Moraine, to me, is either Virgo or Scorpio. So I would give her the Virgo values because she's very analytical. She has an ability to see reason over emotion logic over emotion she isn't afraid to know where she personally has flaws and admit them but she will also you won't catch her slacking at all which is very virgo thing right you're not going to catch them you know not trying their best the reason i would say scorpio is scorpios are very passionate and cutthroat so you can really see a Scorpio being willing to, I don't know, kill for her purpose. Sink a fairy. <laughs> Sink a fairy. You know, and I, I think that's where I would say I would actually lean more Scorpio. So if I have to pick one, it's Scorpio. I could see where the Virgo vibes come in. I had Scorpio. Okay. Intense, secretive, likes to ask the questions. I feel I feel more leaning towards Scorpio for Moraine, mm-hmm. but I did have Aquarius noted. Because um, like you said, for the Scorpio, being a little cutthroat aquarius like has a humanitarian kind of aspect Mm -hmm. to them and that like the greater good is more important than an individual and she's definitely expressed that um and a little a little detached emotionally 
outwardly. Yeah. So this was a point of conversation earlier before we started the podcast is like, is Moraine's lack of emotion because she's Aes Sedai and she's been trained that way? Mm-hmm. Or was she born that way? And I think that's where I feel like, because the only thing that really doesn't fit with her about Scorpio is that they tend to be very emotional uh, because they're so passionate. And I think she has let her passion come through a thousand percent and has just learned to subdue the emotional side what i also really like about her being scorpio is that the polar sign to scorpio is taurus uh which which naive yeah 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 i like i like that point That's a good point. Yeah. Also, their danger is that Scorpio people evoke anger in others by their secretiveness and jealousy. So she doesn't have the jealousy, but that's an emotional quality. Their sharp, stinging tempers can also enrage others to the point of violence. How many of these boys have been like, I hate this woman? <laughs> like, <laughs> And Nynaeve, too. Yeah. That's many points. Yeah, Nynaeve, that's referring funny. to her as she all the time in italics. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we've gotten Moraine, and let's go to her her trusty sword daddy, <laughs> Lan. Lan. <laughs> I don't know if thoughts. we talked about Lan like a whole lot beforehand, or if we got focused on other arguments. I feel like I don't know which one you think Lan is. Lan, Lan was kind of a hard one for me. He's also very well trained and kind of hard to read, you know? Yeah. Like like your points on Moraine there. Um, I had yeah. Capricorn you know, for like... So that's what I was going to say too. Okay. Well, there we go. You know, some goal-oriented, focused. Capricorns get things done. Reserved yeah. as well. Uh, patient, disciplined, determined, quick to seize opportunity. Yes. These all sound <laughs> very good for for a uh, land. I like it. Um, also, the danger with a Capricorn is that uh, they are cold and reserved to the point of other people holding grudges against them and that the secrets of their past can be used against them so that fits (laughs) works perfect wow just learned some secrets of the past so yeah here we go all right we got um and then we don't have too much of him well we don't have too much of these other two but we'll do them anyways uh tom and then loyal in whatever so order. Tom, I also get Leo. I don't know if that's just the like performative side of him. I think I like that. Okay. Yeah, that's what I got too. The... Yeah, yeah, that feels that feels good. Some confidence it takes some confidence to be a gleeman. And for loyal, I'm gonna go out and say Pisces. I just feel like crying over a forest is a very Pisces thing to do. He loves the woods. Yeah, I he loves the trees. I agree. Loyal's definitely water, and Pisces feels right dreamsy a little whimsical yeah uh very trusting of their intuitions and feelings very impressionable very adaptable very changeable it's it's all giving loyal there's also plenty of moments where he kind of goes off in a tangent because he's like explaining something and then he's like oh yeah sorry (laughs) very Uh, dreamy (laughs) they so under their danger just because i've been reading those uh so they have a high susceptibility to alcohol and drugs and they can be drawn to unpredictable situations and unbalanced people. I feel like him being drawn to Rand is like perfectly <laughs> the most bad. He's like, unbalanced. let's be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I must follow the crazy one. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, yeah. I like it. All yeah. right. I feel pretty well, good about more those. characters. Yeah. yeah. There will be more characters in the next book that we can kind of include on this list. Um, and we can see if if these change at all as we I'm get sure more. they will stay precisely the same <laughs> yes we did a very there are some strong that i do very specifically reading. like yes, yes. <laughs> i like it yeah well 
Well, will you tell us where our homework is? I have my book out and I'm ready with my bookmark to flag the page. <laughs> All right. Let me check what I have decided upon here. Okay. I want your opinion on this actually before I agree. So we've got 50 chapters in the next book. 50. 50. So we can go prologue to chapter 20, chapter 21 to chapter 40, and then 41 to the end. Or we can go prologue to the end of chapter 23 and then 24 to 40 and 41 to 50. The reason there's some important stuff that goes on in chapter 23, but I kind of think there's so much that goes on at the start. I don't know that I want to include that in the start because that'd be a huge long podcast. So I almost want to end a little bit early. I think let's go 20 just because so, so up prologue to and to, including or yeah, end of chapter 20 and then we can start, yeah, so prologue to the end of chapter 20. That's what I want from you. I just think that'll give us a more evenly paced Beautiful. Uh, few. All right. That's what we have next. And uh, any final notes, any final thoughts that you want to say now before we... Speak now or forever hold your peace? Yeah. Actually, Until I did time. have one thing that I wanted to mention that I could not say while we were reading, but Rand... When he got like all feverish, the times that he was getting feverish, it was like he was having like a little Jacob Black moment before turning into a werewolf. <laughs> this is him learning how to channel. <laughs> and I wanted to say it so bad. And I was like, ah, that kind of ruins it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But anyways, that made me laugh. And I wanted to put that joke in there somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm proud of us and anyone who read along getting through the first book. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. One down, 14 more to go. Ooh, that's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Queens of Fantasy podcast. If you want more content from us, check us out on Instagram at Queens of Fantasy Pod there. We also have a Discord server, which is connected to our sister podcast, The Book Jar Pod, uh, where we talk about books. We talk about that podcast. We talk about this podcast. We have a book club. And of course, you can leave us thoughts about each book as you read along with us and even ask us questions that we can answer for you. Uh, you know, like maybe you also want to, you know, say your thoughts about somebody's astrological signs. So you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> give us but, your theories. Yes, give us your theories. You can do that by following the link in the description of this podcast. Otherwise, if you specifically want more information about me, feel free to follow me, Marissa, on instagram at maddie dancer you can also follow the at at the book jar pod on instagram or if you i don't know play video games and are excited to learn that i have another podcast there which is the crowned heathens podcast you can follow us on instagram at crowned heathens tay where can they find you you can find me at current tay reading on Instagram. It's not all fantasy based on there. So you can see some Love of the that. other stuff that I that I'm reading. Love that. Go Love give that. her a follow. How about you, Alex? Uh you can find my public account is at a creative al. It might be mostly graphic design stuff, but I was gonna start adding some book related things. So yeah, that's where you can find me. There you go. Of course you can find all of us on that Discord server. So that is the best way to do it. So once again, link in the description. Otherwise, we thank you one more time for reading along with us, and we will see you in the next chapters. Bye. Bye.